0: Link to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, or higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. I want to try something a little different today, and that is uh, to speak from the heart. That is to say, speaking without a plan Uh, without notes, um, and also just speaking without um, um, being restricted to a specific idea. You see, most of the episodes of this podcast um, take the form of an encapsulated idea. It's discussion about a concept or idea, um, all wrapped up in an episode. So they're sort of like pills that you swallow to help you understand or digest or ponder a specific Concepts. But this episode, I just want to sort of be free from that restriction and just, just say what I need to say. Because this episode I just shared, episode 42, is very important to me. And of course, it's also a crazy episode. It's a really weird episode. Um, and I dropped a lot on you there as a listener. I'm sure, I'm sure I dropped a lot on you and it may be an impact. But you see, that episode had to be as streamlined as possible. I wanted that episode to be about um, discussing the experience I had in Peru, or at least a taste of it, and briefly trying to explain what I came out of that with, including this view of spirits, miracles, and God. Three concepts that had been out on the edges of, of my mind and my life. Um, the events of Peru brought that front and center um, and made me face those things and and accept them and realize that there is a reality to all those things. Spirits, miracles, and God. So those are big things to drop on a person, especially in our modern, technological, scientifically-minded society, most people on the internet i feel um are like i was before this experience which is very scientifically centered worldview um s- uh, harsh criticism and um skepticism on all matters of faith right um it's really sort of robotic cold technological view of reality and the worlds, which is only understandable. Because we live in very robotic, cold, and technological environments. Cities. Of course, I had to go to the jungle. To the center of life. The the beating heart of life force on this planet, the Amazon. To discover and be exposed to something completely opposite to that. Spirits, miracles, and God. If you're looking for them, that's a good place to look. But anyway... There are a lot of things I wanted to say in that episode that I had to sort of leave out because I wanted to just wrap it up in a tight package. Um, In this episode, I'm going to let loose the extra pieces, the the loose ends, um, just to get them off my chest, to get them off my heart, because there are so many things I want to say. So the first thing, the most pressing thing I want to talk about is fear. Um... It can't be denied that what I shared in episode 42... By the way, if you haven't heard episode 42, I highly recommend you listen to that before listening to this. This is very much a follow-up on episode 42, and it probably won't mean much if you haven't heard it. Uh, that being said, what I shared in episode 42 was scary. Uh, definitely. And it was presented in a scary way. It was highlighting a moment of fear for me, a moment where I experienced bewildering fear. And because of that, I had to present it with fear because I was trying to represent how I felt at the time in that dramatic retelling. But the truth is, in the end, um, what I feel is wonder. I don't feel fear anymore about that experience. And if I had that experience again, which I hope I will uh, in the future... I hope I will get to meet this spirit again. The next time that happens, I will just be delighted. I will be in awe that I'm meeting it again, and happy to meet it. So while I was terrified the first time, the fear only came from not understanding what was happening, not being at all prepared for what was happening. And that's only natural for a human to resort to terror in that situation. We are afraid of what we don't understand. That is the most common reaction to the unknown. And I had it big time. Um, and it took a long time to work through it. But once I got over it, once I got through it, what was revealed was wonder. So I want to uh, make sure that I'm not painting ayahuasca in a fearful light. That's something that I really don't want to do, but I have to honestly share this story as I experienced it. So the book is largely scary. It's largely presented from the perspective of a person who is afraid of what's happening. But in the end, it wraps up really nicely with a positive message about facing fear, about working through fear. And if anyone is thinking about ayahuasca, if anyone is uh, running into this podcast and this book uh, because of a curiosity about ayahuasca, I would say don't be afraid to check this book out. Don't think that it's going to load you with fearful ideas, because if you read the entire book and get to the end, if anything, you'll be ready for any... Shocking events that might happen in your experience. And you'll understand that there is nothing to fear. You only need to manage your inner panic. You only need to understand that if you calm down and trust, everything's going to be okay in this experience. Uh, No one has ever died from ayahuasca itself, uh, only from accidents that have happened at ayahuasca centers. So really, there isn't uh, anything to fear. But ayahuasca will expose your fears. It will make you face your fears. And that's important. That's a part of healing it. That's a part of overcoming it, or else you spend your whole life avoiding it, running from it, being a slave to whatever these fears are in your life. And ayahuasca out of uh, many other psychedelic experiences, will pull these up and will make you face them. That's only normal. That's, That's not something that's scary about the experience. That's something that's healing about the experience. It is one of the biggest ways it heals, by making you overcome fears that are really unhealthy in your life. And the only way to do that is to go through them, is to face them, is to attack them is to um, um, be trapped by them, not be able to escape them, have no choice but to face them, which is what happened to me over there. So that's not to say ayahuasca is never scary. It can be scary, but it'll always be for a good reason. And by and large, people have beautiful experiences. You don't often hear about people having horrible, terrifying experiences uh, on ayahuasca it's usually i ah, it was light and wonder and love and nature came to me and all of the healing came in and all of my blockages were released you know it's very uh very light and fluffy most of the time and if anything this story this book that i represent um offers a counterbalance to that to give you a more rounded view about uh, healing psychedelic healing um about ayahuasca um and, you know, just the gritty truth about things. It's not always rainbows. It's not always sunshine. But it's always healing. If done right. If, if done with the right um, uh, staff, with the right people, with the right environment. So I feel better. I feel better that I've highlighted this because I really don't want to give people the impression that ayahuasca is always this terrifying, dark experience. It's, it's definitely a light Experience. It's balanced towards light, um, but sometimes you have to go through darkness to find the light. Now, to the next issue, um, the paranormal. The absolutely intense paranormal experience, a.k.a. miracles, that I experienced in my own ayahuasca uh, journey that year. I don't want to give people the idea that this is normal. Because as far as I can tell, I've read a lot of ayahuasca books since that first experience. I've, I've read pretty much every one I could get my hands on. I've researched tons of ayahuasca sites and documentaries and user reports, even more than I had before going to ayahuasca. And what I've found is not much confirmation of what I experienced. I haven't seen much talk of impossible paranormal activity during rituals most people have inner visions inner journeys and they do speak of spirits but they speak of encountering spirits within this dreamscape within this mind adventure which is you know pretty easy to swallow oh yeah i I met a spirit in my dream that's fine and it's quite another pill to swallow um to say that maybe that spirit in my dream was a conscious being, an independent being that approached me to bring me legitimate teaching, healing, um, communications, premonitions, whatever it is. That's already kind of hard to, to explain, kind of hard to swallow. But you see people speak about this in their ayahuasca experiences. What you really, really rarely hear is what I describe in my experience of these spirits manifesting in physical space, appearing in reality and interacting with objects, with me, with, 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 with the space. That is not commonly spoken of. Now, it could be that it's because it's rare, or it could just be that when people experience it, it is so crazy that they don't talk about it. I could easily see a person experiencing what I experience in Peru and going to their grave without telling anyone except maybe their their loved ones, their very close loved ones. And that's understandable because it is crazy. When you experience it, it's crazy. And you can't help but think nobody's going to believe this. There's no point in talking about it because I'll be thrown in an asylum or, or I'll be, you know... Um, cast out of society, I will be rejected and, 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 and made fun of, and all of these things. And maybe I'm a little crazy because I don't care, but I was given a task to share this, and I am a person that wants to share these stories. So I believe this experience was delivered to me, um, knowing that I would be the type, unable to sit on it, unable to take it to his grave. He would have no choice but to share it. That's me. Um, that's just me. So I had this experience. I had this... It was like a show. It was like... It was like all stops were being pulled out just to convince me, knowing that I would go back and talk about it. Um... So what I'm trying to say is um, don't go to ayahuasca expecting what I experienced, because as far as I can tell, it doesn't happen that commonly. At least it's not publicly reported commonly in any books, in any reports. Um, Maybe that'll change since I'm breaking the silence. Um, All I've seen in all my research is... People who have become shamans, people who are either potential shamans or have, have taken the path of the apprentice, become very close to ayahuasca and similar medicines. These people in their books will have stories of strange events. Um, sort of little things here and there that sort of make you go, huh, that's weird. That's, that shouldn't happen. Things like premonitions things like the spirits showing them things they shouldn't know and is later confirmed to be factual things like um people being physically uh bowled over by a spiritual force Uh, a person will see a spirit um fly across a room towards a person who's being disruptive and that person will flip over and hit the grounds when the spirit impacts them that's evidence of spirits interacting with people that is similar to what I experienced, but uh, they're few and far between, they're vague, and they're not a huge spree like what I describe in uh, in my book, in my experience. Um, and again, I believe I, I was given a show so that I would come back and talk about this, as I'm doing right now. The spirits know what they're doing. Uh, I definitely believe that. So... Ayahuasca is not necessarily paranormal in itself, but it can happen. Uh, I know it can happen, because I saw it. But don't expect spirits to physically come out of the woodwork if you go to ayahuasca. More than likely, you'll encounter spirits, but they'll be in a dream space. Um, That doesn't make them any less legitimate. That doesn't make them any less powerful. But in my case, what I needed for my healing was to see it happen and feel it happen in reality and face all of the questions it made me face and transform in the ways I transformed from that struggle. The book is very much the story of a, a skeptical, scientific, modern urban person struggling with the absolutely impossible facts that I had witnessed, struggling with the question, have I gone crazy? Am I imagining all of this? Or is this crazy? Is this truth crazy and impossible to understand? That was the big question I wrestled with and fought with that night and the week that followed. And all along the way, these events kept happening as if to say, no, you're not crazy. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Do you believe it yet? Do you believe it yet? Until finally, I had to believe it. I had to believe it because I captured evidence. That's a bit of a spoiler. I won't say any more. You'll have to read the book to understand. It's really a complex story. It's really uh, a journey. A journey of a person being transformed from average, uh, modern person to whatever I am now. Um, Person of spirit. I don't know what I am. I guess the closest thing would be some kind of psychedelic monk. That's what I've become. Um fully dedicated to to understanding working with these energies this other consciousness that you could only call god because it is such a great consciousness um that seems to be behind all of reality the very flesh of reality seems to be built on this consciousness and that's why miracles can happen these impossible events i experienced um, I do believe that whenever uh, the need arises, whenever either someone needs to be moved in a powerful way, or events need to be changed in a powerful way, I believe that this consciousness comes in and interferes to the level of being able to even change reality, the fabric of reality, can be bent by this other will that seems to be watching everything, um... And, and, and tweaking things only when they really need to be, with this sort of wisdom that seems to see the entire game, the entire playing field on every level, and knows when things need to be tweaked here and there and there. Very precise, very specific, um, in order to get things to a specific end, whatever that end is. Think of it this way. Let's say uh, when you're watching a movie, we have some kind of technology that allows you to make things happen however you want. Just with your thoughts, as you're watching the movie, you can change things. Um, we'll probably have that technology in the future. Uh, movies will probably be fully flexible, and the person watching it may be able to change it and have any number of, of outcomes at the end of the story based on the viewer. Uh, but let's just imagine you're watching a movie let's say harry potter let's say the one where dumbledore dies and you know it goes without saying it seems that most people didn't want dumbledore to die and let's say you're watching this movie you get to this scene where dumbledore is about to die and you decide no i don't want that guy to die i like that guy he's a good guy i want to see more of him don't kill him well Until that moment, you would have been watching the movie passively, right? But when that moment comes that'll change everything, you, the viewer of this movie, would then exercise your right to change it, and you'd probably come in and find a way to save him. You'd either bounce the killing curse back onto the one who fired it, or... or have some trinket happen that he had in his pocket that prevented his death and it was all just a ruse or some bird comes out of the sky and swoops him out of the way you know you would come up with something to change that story to save Dumbledore right most people I think would have done it and then once that moment is over you'd sit back and see how it plays out right you'd be like oh let's see what happens now until I need to interrupt again until I, I, I feel the need to get involved. I think that's the same thing at work with this consciousness behind everything. It seems to me that miracles and the paranormal, things I used to call the paranormal, I now call miracles because I realized in Peru that every time I've witnessed these, these impossible paranormal moments in my life, there seemed to be a consciousness behind it, trying to communicate something to me or trying to get me to acknowledge it or trying to change me in some way um, but there always seemed to be consciousness behind it it wasn't just reality acting weird because the system had a hiccup it was reality acting in a weird way because there was a force there controlling it just as Dumbledore would have experienced in that movie Oh, I was about to die, but some external force that I don't understand interrupted and completely changed the story and then released me again, right? In my view, that's what's going on with the paranormal, which I now call Miracles, because I think Miracle acknowledges the presence of an outside mind behind the event. So do you understand? I used to call these events paranormal because that's a scientific detached term that seems to say, you know, weird things happened and we don't know why. I now call them miracles because in my view, I know why these weird things happen because there is a mind at work trying to shift the story, trying to affect the witness in a certain way to change that person's life, to save that person's life, or to even change a whole society. I mean, there have been events in this world that are unexplainable that have changed the course of history. There are stories in World War I and World War II of paranormal moments happening on the battlefield that, that, that stopped a battle or changed the course of, of winning or losing the war. Those stories are out there, and I think that same force is at work. And look, what I described in this Dumbledore example happens in real life, too. I can think of at least three stories I've personally been told in my life of people who were on the verge of death being swooped out of the situation just before they die by some impossible paranormal force. Uh, let me list them out. Um, I know the story of a man who was out swimming in the ocean and was caught by a riptide. He was pulled away from the shore. His friends didn't even notice. Um, and as he struggled against the currents, it pulled him under. He had no no way to fight it. It pulled him under all the way to the bottom. And as he struggled and lost his breath and started gulping in water, he realized, oh, my God, I'm dead. I'm dead. There's no way out of this situation. And as he sort of released himself to his fate, he describes thinking about his family and his friends and unfinished business and so many things he has left to do in life and this feeling of it can't end here. It can't coming over him. And then he describes the very real physical feeling of hands grabbing him under the arms at the bottom of the ocean and pulling him straight to the surface towards shore, um, where it released him, and he was in a place uh, free of the current and was able to swim to shore. And that changed that man's life forever. He became a healer. He became uh, a person who works in these plant medicines, very similar to where I've ended up uh, on my own path because of these intense experiences. Uh, again, um, in episode, I believe it was 31, in the episode of this podcast about the paranormal, my friend described as a child tripping on railroad tracks um, just as a train was coming up on him. And he was stunned from the impact of hitting the rail with, I believe, his ribs. Um, and as he saw this train coming up on him, he also accepted, Oh, I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. But at the last moment, something picked him up physically and tossed him off the tracks just before the train would have hit him saved his life Uh, once again i've got a cousin uh, who shared this story Uh, he's heavily into bodybuilding Uh, always was ever since a young age Um, he was so much into bodybuilding that he had the key to the gym he was that close to the gym and he says one morning he showed up really early as he often did to the gym, unlocked it himself, went in, and started doing his daily routine by himself in this space. The only problem was he uh, overloaded his bench press. He he went for too much weight, and as he started trying to pump it, he his arms just gave out. His arms gave out, and the weight came crashing onto his chest. And as he struggled to get it off of him, he realized he was really screwed as his vision started to tunnel in um, he was losing oxygen he was going to pass out and he was going to die on that bench once again he realized what a fool I am oh my god I'm about to die this is the end This, this can't be the end and he describes seeing two hands come down onto the bar from behind him pick up the weight off of him and toss it aside and he sat up caught his breath and turned around thanking whoever it was but there was nobody there there was nobody there who saved him what were those hands right three impossible events of physical interruption by an unseen force that comes in to save a person from death just like you would have saved dumbledore unless of course you knew that he was supposed to die but anyway um This happens. This happens. And there always seems to be a force behind it trying to manipulate events so that certain people stay alive who need to be alive for whatever reason, you know? Um, And in other cases where a miracle won't happen and a person dies, well, maybe in the grand scheme they were meant to die, right? Maybe it was part of the story. Maybe their death is important to impact others, you get into all these moral uh, quandaries when you start talking about this higher force that may be behind things. Why does it save some? Why doesn't it save others? Well, why shouldn't you have saved Dumbledore? People who know the full length of that story know that he had to die. Um, it was important to the game, to the end game. I think it's the same here. I think this force that chooses to appear here and there to certain people at certain times and is very, very uh, wily and difficult to pin down and capture. I don't believe it makes mistakes. And I believe it always happens for a reason or doesn't happen for a reason. All I know is ayahuasca for me opens the gate, opens the connection between me and this force. And it gave me a hell of a show. Um, changed my life forever. Whoa, okay, so I'm going through a lot here. I've sort of briefly explained my view of the word miracle and the word God. Um, but these three words that appeared in episode 42 out of the blue, um, spirits, miracles, and God, I will explain uh, as best as I can my view, uh, my understanding of these three words Um So people who are confused by the sudden appearance of these words hopefully will be able to keep following along in a way they understand. I am confident as a scientific person. At heart, I'm a scientific, skeptical person who likes to understand things logically. Um, I'm confident that I can explain these things in a logical, sort of scientific way, a way that a scientist can absorb. And I can do that because I had to absorb it. And the only way I can absorb things is scientifically, logically. Um, That's just me. So I've got the advantage of being able to explain this to skeptics uh, in a way that they may be able to swallow. Um, And certainly, I'm never ever trying to push my views on anyone. I'm not trying to convince anyone because I know it's impossible. You can't convince a person unless they experience it. At most, what I hope for is to get people curious enough to find out for themselves um that's all i'm really trying to do here is is get people thinking um get people exploring get people motivated enough to go and find out for themselves not necessarily through ayahuasca because ayahuasca is a huge deal do not approach ayahuasca unless you're ready to face god unless you're ready to 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 get to the big boy stuff, um, and it can it, it can be way bigger than you think. You can think you're ready, but I don't think there's any way to be ready. Um, it's a serious serious thing. Um, do not approach it unless you're ready for serious change, serious challenge, um, serious uh, experience. That being said, there are lesser versions of uh, of ayahuasca, and I even resist the term lesser because they're just as amazing. Um, mushrooms, for example, psychedelic mushrooms will definitely get you in touch with that same force. Um, and, and, and in the right um, setting, it can be just as powerful as ayahuasca. If you've got a ceremony setting with a leader who knows how to work with these energies as these ayahuasca shamans do, uh, anything can become that powerful anything can become uh, an open channel to this higher force and then anything's possible in that situation i've even been able to turn marijuana into sort of a mini ayahuasca from what i've learned uh, studying ayahuasca shamanism and these rituals that i was a part of i've been able to apply that methodology to mushrooms and marijuana to great effect um it's it's a lot more to do with the mindset of the people involved and the ability to call energies as crazy as that sounds as weird as that sound the uh, ability to sort of um, bring in certain forces through the mind and the heart, with the help of these plant medicines um, you can give an ayahuasca shaman marijuana and i'm sure they can do the same thing they do with ayahuasca um, once they get to know the plant a little. Uh, I've done it. I've done it. Um, So that being said, you don't need to go to the big gun. You don't need to run to ayahuasca if this story interests you. You can start with marijuana if you've never touched it. You can start with mushrooms if you've never touched them. There's peyote, the cactus. There's San Pedro, another cactus. There are all sorts of... Of psychedelics out there and I can say with certainty right now that all of them all mind altering plant medicines that are psychedelic in nature and I include marijuana in that marijuana is a low level psychedelic um, all of these open the minds, open the hearts, open the moment for this higher force to come in and affect healing, teaching all of that stuff it happens. It's there. It's available. And you know, that kind of brings me to another topic, which is um, the lack, the general lack of, of open and honest speech about the presence of quote-unquote God in these experiences. Mushrooms, psychedelics of every kind, ayahuasca, ibogaine, all of these things. By and large, um, the very public speakers about this thing seem to shy away from it. Um, they seem to be focused more on scientific, concrete fact. You know, what kind of real psychological healing has been proven to be brought by these experiences, um, the the physical healing benefits of a lot of these substances. You know, it's it's been very much focused on results. Results, results, results. Concrete, scientific results. To try and sell to society this new thing or this substance, ayahuasca, LSD, you know, MDMA, all these things that are coming into society now in a more acceptable way than in the sixties where they were rejected out of fear. Um, It seems to be that we're trying to sell as a community, as a psychedelic community, we're trying to sell society this bunch of substances by sort of lying, by saying, It's medicinal. It's medicinally important. So let us in, please. And that's fine. It's true. They are medicinally important. Marijuana, mushrooms, LSD, all that stuff. Um, But I think we do a great disservice to society by completely ignoring the spiritual side of it, the God side of it. And that's because it's very unpopular right now to talk about God in society. You can't sell this to society by talking about God because the impression out there is that God is rejected by our societies right now. It's very poo-pooed because of the, the taint of organized religion, the bad taste people have in their mouths um, because of these controlling, you know, um, uh, dogmatic, um, very sort of dominating um um forces that have ruined religion in the public eye but what i'm talking about here is personal experience of god why would you ever go to a church to watch somebody else tell you about god when you can go to a plant medicine and meet god yourself Not only meet God yourself, but realize the God that is in you and touch God within yourself and see the miracles that can happen in your own life, in your own health, in your own mind. In my view, we should be including that discussion in this introduction to society because as much as it seems people don't want to hear about God, people have lost interest in the spiritual pursuit of humanity. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I don't believe that people don't care. I think one way or another, everyone is in the pursuit of God and understanding their own spirit, whether they know it or not. All of us in all of our lives are trying to understand ourselves all the time, trying to understand experience and reality all the time trying to figure out the purpose behind everything. What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? What is my life? What do I do with my life? Why am I here? What am I? Why am I conscious? Is anyone else conscious? This is going on all the time in all of us, no matter how deeply we bury it. We are all spirits. We're all souls here trying to figure ourselves out. And that is is it's unavoidable that that pursuit leads to understanding God. Even science, which is trying to understand reality, I now see it as a fearful pursuit, trying to get away from God by explaining matter as not God. It seems science is obsessed with saying, no, 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 it's not God, it's molecules. It's not God, it's solar systems. It's not God, it's magnetic fields. It's not God, it's electricity, right? It's it's this almost neurotic need to, to run from that reality. By, 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 by explaining things with all these complex words and languages and systems and then somehow being able to, to conclude, since I explain this, since I understand it, since I can control it, there is no God. Um, but I'm confident that by the end of everything, fellow human, science and religion will end up meeting and both will realize, oh, we were both right all along we were both talking about the same thing and and science is even starting to show its hand in this pursuit um with the example of the god particle right science is trying to recreate the big bang to understand what it was why everything is they're trying to recreate the very first particle and analyze it and measure it and they call it the god particle And that shows a subconscious urge to understand God through science. And really, if science ends up understanding everything from one end of the universe to the other, I think the final conclusion will be, holy shit, God. If we ever understand consciousness, if we ever get to a point where we can measure and understand consciousness, we will realize God. Because I think we'll find that consciousness is in everything. It's not only in you and me and animals and insects and plants, but it's also in the wall. It's also in a rock. It's also in in the void of outer space. It's also in the sun. It's everywhere, behind everything. It is the structure everything is built on. Consciousness. This is an old idea that old religions, such as Native American cultures, um, Indian cultures buddhism all sorts of old religions speak of this and one day science will realize it's true only in their own language on their own terms in a way they can swallow and understand i think that'll be the final conclusion of science (laughs) it's sort of ironic in a way um and look i've forgotten why i've even launched onto this particular branch of thought let me try and uh reel it back here. Why was I talking about science? Alright, well, let's loop around uh, and and get away from this God miracle spirit talk for, for a bit. I want to talk about my life. Where is my life going? Uh, how has this affected my life? How has this changed me um, before Peru and after Peru? Well, look, the short story is that before Peru, I was a video game worker um, artist, scientific thinker who was open-minded about, um, you know, the existence of impossible things, because I had seen impossible things before in my life. I knew they were possible. I just didn't understand them. I just didn't know what it meant. But when I went to Peru, I was shown, I was taught, I, it became clear why I had seen these events in my life, what it meant and what I needed to understand about them, which is sort of what I've just explained through most of this episode. But where has it left me? Um, I have to fully admit now that I am on the path of a man of God, however tacky that sounds. Uh, Be it a monk, be it a priest, I don't know what it is. I have no official official affiliation with any organization. I'm just a free agent studying these mysteries i can't move away from it anymore i can't go back to working in video games um, ignoring what i experienced i have to understand it I, I i have a vague understanding of it now but i need to work with it i need to 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 get closer to it um, i guess devote the rest of my life to it to walking this path which can be called the path of the shaman um, the path of an apprentice, uh, the path of the monk. I don't know what you would call it. I almost prefer not having a label. But if I had to label it, I'd call myself a psychedelic monk um, in the pursuit of God and miracles um, through psychedelics and plant medicines. I guess you can also say I'm on the path of the healer because I've learned so much about healing through my own healing um, with with plant medicines, psychedelics and whatnot. Um, I've already started showing you hints of that in episode 41, the Dynamics of Healing. I can explain a lot about healing to people now and I, I plan to do that on this podcast. Ah oh, there's there's just so much to do. Um, oh man, there's so much to do on this podcast, but yeah that's the path i'm on now that's who i am if you had to describe me in a nutshell i'm still an artist i'm still a scientific logical person extremely logical i'm practically a vulcan um, as you can tell from my usually stoic sounding voice i'm not uh, easily moved but when i am moved it takes something powerful and i hope that says something about how deeply i've been moved by the events of 2013 um, this was a real event and it sh- it shook me so deeply that I am now on this crazy awesome magical mysterious path the path of understanding consciousness God reality healing and miracles through healing plants and psychedelics it's a relationship with nature um, that's important too I, I gained such a different appreciation of nature in that jungle uh, through that experience. All of it is recorded in the book. Uh, I hope you will read that book and um, and absorb some of these uh, shifts of perspective that I experienced in this entire experience. Um, uh, I tried to do my best to include every thought and moment that transformed my views in that story. Um, it's written like a simulator, uh, that does its best to put you through exactly what I went through. And hopefully with the hopes that the lessons and teachings and transformations and revolutions that happened to me will be transferred to you somehow, or at least, at least, uh, affect you enough to get you curious and, and motivate you to explore these mysteries in your own life and to chase miracles and to chase God and to chase experience. You have to chase experience. You have to live. You have to get out there and feel and touch and taste and smell and see. Don't take my word for gospel. For God's sake, don't uh, look to me for all the answers. Only look to me for ideas. Only look to me for motivation. Concepts to digest and try out for yourself. The important part is try it for yourself. Find out for yourself. Um, So I'm going to call this one a wrap. Uh, The book is Ayahuasca Terror and Miracles in the Peruvian Amazon. You could find a link on episode 42 over at higherideas.net, or you could just head over to terrorandmiracles.com. Uh, to check it out for yourself actually that reminds me i need to talk a bit about the book itself Um, it's available in digital on uh, kindle now if you don't have a physical kindle you can get the free app uh, on any device you have uh, which plugs into your amazon account and then with one click if you've got you know a payment method set up on your amazon account you could just grab the book with one click and start reading it on your device. You don't need a Kindle. Um, that's something that uh, Amazon needs to do a better job of communicating. Uh, then again, there's the paperback version, which I've come to actually prefer. Um, it's more expensive, so if you're on a budget, do get the Kindle edition. Um, all that counts to me is that you, you experience this story. But if you're a person who appreciates art... If you're a person who appreciates uh, a physical product, definitely I recommend the paperback edition. There's nothing like turning a page and physically seeing art uh, printed there in front of you. More than that, I was able to control the experience a little bit more in the uh, paperback version because Kindles come in all kinds of sizes, devices lay things out in all sorts of different ways. So it was really difficult to craft a reading experience. Um, on such a dynamic device but when it comes to the book i had all the control i wanted i was able to choose when a person turns the page and is surprised by something um, i was also able to play with uh, really fun things like making pages black with white text on them when it's uh, a black situation when it's pitch black I turn the page black, which I think is a really cool, immersive trick that I couldn't do on the Kindle. They don't allow you to do that on the Kindle. So if you want the full, ultimate experience, definitely get the paperback. And I'm not saying this to make money. I just want to make that clear. Um, uh, the paperback version nets me the same amount of profit as the Kindle version. So to me, I get the same money. Um, it's just a different experience for you. And speaking about money, uh, I just want to make the clear statement here that none of this is about money. I lost over a year of salary working on this project, and I highly doubt, as much as I believe in the intensity and power of this book, I highly doubt that I'll even break even on this project. I would love to break even. I would be delighted if this somehow became profitable after returning at least $80,000. $80,000. I'm $80,000 in the hole because of this project. So until I make $80,000 worth of sales, this thing is definitely in the red. Uh, this this isn't about making me rich. I have no fantasies of this leading to giant profits. It's a book. It's it, People don't get rich off of books unless it's Harry Potter or, or, you know, Lord of the Rings. This isn't that kind of book. This is a book to change people. This is a book to share something important. That's what's more important to me. I would love to make that money back. I would love to be able to live comfortably on this book alone, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, I'm just putting that out there. This isn't about that. Please don't think that. Um, none of this is about profit. None of this is about fame or or, or power or anything like that. It's entirely an effort of my soul. It's, it's, it's an effort to help because I really believe this can move people in the right direction. And we need people to move in the right direction. ...to save the world. I mean, the world is in trouble, guys. Um, I don't think anybody could deny that. So anyway, fellow human, I'm going to wrap it up here. Once again, you could find me always at higherideas.net. Please add me on Facebook. I'm going to be a lot more active on social media now that this, this project is off of my back. Um, join me on Facebook. Join me on Twitter. Um, don't join me on YouTube quite yet... Because um, the podcast is actually going to have to leave YouTube for a while. Um, I'm going to the jungle. I'm going to the jungle for months. I'm returning to study and work with these these plants, these spirits, uh, healing uh, modalities. Um, I'm, I'm leaving. That's it. In January. So I won't be able to upload to YouTube Um, So do sign up to the podcast with any sort of streaming service you use. The RSS link is at higherideas.net. You could join on iTunes. There are many ways to connect. Head over to higherideas.net and please do connect. Please do check out other episodes. All that good stuff. Uh, Now the book, of course, again, can be found at terrorandmiracles.com. And also, guys, I'd really appreciate any feedback about the podcast, about the book. Oh, leave a review if you appreciated the book. Oh, that helps so much. Um, and also, also, please let me know what you thought about this particular format for an episode. How did you like me sitting here just speaking from the heart, just shooting from the hip? Was it too much, too scattered? I don't know. You guys let me know. Let me know what you prefer. You guys really do form this podcast. Your feedback is important to me. This podcast is really small uh, as podcasts go. That means that you listeners who care, who have input, you mean something. Um, if, you, if you send me feedback, I will definitely hear it and I will consider it. And you may end up changing this thing for the better. So do get in touch. Do connect. Uh, all that good stuff. And that'll be it for today. So until next time, fellow human, keep thinking.